to Craft Beer Cast. I'm Josh. That's Jeff. I like turtles. Hey, Wells. Hey. I like turtles, too. You like turtles, Wells? I like turtles. Oh, whatever. Kid's a legend. That's true. You can make an NFT of his video and sell it for whatever the Ponzi scheme is going for these days. Jesus, (laughs) Ponzi scheme. Yeah, I was was on Twitter looking at uh, Antonio Brown stuff. And then I saw Matt Damon was trending, and I'm like, what's this about? Everybody's dragging him for his crypto commercial. Oh, yeah. Buying Bitcoin is like the moon landing or some dumb shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's it's not. not. Buying buying Bitcoin is not brave. Buying whatever coin is not brave. Mm. I, I mean, unless you're just like feeling saucy and dangerous about, you know, adding to climate issues. Right. Hey, uh, speaking of the CB Cast coin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have an NFT coming out soon. Oh, God. Nobody please, wants... please don't screenshot it, though. It's oh, a... yes, yes. Don't screenshot it. I saw a tweet this weekend. It was like me consoling my child, crying outside the NFT store. It's okay, son. We have plenty of JPEGs at home. Lordy. Well, the music's still playing. So parent jokes, you know, like, I, I just... Yeah. That's part of being parent. Parent jokes. Dad jokes. So what's been up to, Wells? Yeah. Music's still playing. You know the rules. So, um... Haven't traveled anywhere for once. So, so you know, it's... You know, I talk about my trips back to Indiana, and I go bottle shopping and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I was at... A couple years ago... I was at one specific bottle shop, and I had picked up a couple bottles of uh, Doc Bichette's Fruitful Fork. Ooh, okay. You know, blackberry, raspberry, boysenberry, marionberry. Um, Inside like an 18%. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah it's like an 18%, like 12-ounce bottle. Uh, really good, and, uh, and I still had a couple bottles left, but I saw some more, and I'm like, you know, maybe it'd be fun to do a little vertical of this. I don't know. Maybe, you know, some cheese, whatever. Like, this, this could be interesting. It keeps. Yeah. Pick up bottles come home I'm, I'm putting them away and i set them up and i'm like oh crap wait were those the new ones and they will start looking at the bottles trying to figure out which one my new ones were uh it's the same damn batch <laughs> really like, like all right so does that mean we're going to be having fruitful forward on a future show Nah, i drink it myself mm-hmm. I, I cracked one because i now had they were all the same i'm like well there's no point now i had one a couple days later loved it well i want to say we've had it on the show Josh, Josh, have we had it on the show? While you're looking that up, I'm pretty sure I've got bottles of that left. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like it isn't a sexy beer. It's nothing that's getting anybody excited, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just it's just good. What's it called? Fruitful. Fruitful. F-U-L. Well, yeah, I have a um, negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Okay, the pattern is empty, actually. I will still never forget the first time that I ever had Dogfish Heads Fort. I'd picked done a cross country trip and picked up beers like across the country as I went back and um 750 milliliter bottle of fort oh. and I didn't know anything because oh. that was how it used to come back oh in the day. no and you didn't. so I didn't know anything about the beer I just split it uh just split it in half oh, dang. and I woke up in the morning with a crippling hangover I mean yeah. Uh, it was yeah. all I could do to just to pry my eyes open and jump on the computer and be like, oh, the world's strongest fruit beer at 18%. I'm like, oh, that explains why I feel 
terrible right now. Yes. Great beer, 750 milliliters of that split in two at the end of a session of drinking is you could have it, it made wiser dumb. choices. Oh yeah, wiser choices could have been made. Sure, I agree. That's okay. Uh, so, Jeff, a brewery that's fairly close to your homeland is expanding. Schlafly. Yes, they are going deeper into Illinois. That's cool. Um, you know, so they've got a, a spot in St. Louis, and they've got one kind of like on the Illinois side in St. Or not Illinois, it's still in Missouri. It's a St. Charles. Um, kind of like a little more trendy of course it's been a, a probably a decade and a half if not two decades since i've been to st charles but it was kind of like a trendy artsy kind of shopping and they had lots of other stuff too of course but I, um gotcha but yeah highland illinois so that's up near chicago i think or that's highland park i'm thinking of me and my geography yeah how do i not know where all cities in the midwest really come on you should yeah, uh, but I don't. Isn't that like a rule when you're from the Midwest? You have no, to know no, because like we hate Illinois, so you know that's a whole thing. Yeah, I don't really hate enough. Illinois. I'm just being silly about it. And that. I've never really been to Illinois. Yeah, I, but but Highland I, is. Mm. Yeah, okay. So so Highland is not that far outside of St. Louis. Um, okay. So you know, for me, it would be driving on 64. Uh, but instead, you'd probably take 270. It looks like uh, you know it's mm, maybe 45 minutes an hour. East of St. Louis, but it's on the Illinois side. Gotcha. So, you know, close enough that you probably get a lot of good corporate synergy, you know, and can, you know, shuttle stuff back and forth. Synergy. Synergy. Corporate synergy. Yeah. So, good times. Yeah, it's cool. So, they're opening up a little brew pub. It's going to be a small pilot system uh, on site. It's a restored building that's, oh, all of 71 years old, which is, eh, it's fine. Holy shit, they're 30? Yeah. They've been around for a hot minute, brother. Damn. Yep. Well, yeah, 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I've been drinking that beer old? since I was 15. No, oh, whoops. <laughs> since I was 15. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Huh? What? I, 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 just, I guess I didn't know they were that old. You know, the sad part is I I saw uh, they had their coffee stout. And I used to house that coffee stout back in the day. Um, my sister lived in St. Louis, and I'd have her bring me, like, a case of it. And I like that was just my go-to for everything. Now, you know, I don't know that it would hold the same appeal to me today. Right. But, you know, like there's just a lot of good, a lot of good beer there. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Anytime I get a chance to have Schlafly, I really enjoy them. So good for them. Yeah. 30 years. I did not, was not aware they had been around that long myself either. Yeah. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, speaking of absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, so Heineken has a 0.0 or a NA or non-alcoholic beer, if you will, but Comes to find, coming to find out, based off testing, it contains as much as 0.03% alcohol. My God, it has three hundredths of a percent ABV. What the heck? How dare they? I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how many bottles of 0.03% ABV beer I would need to get, drink to get drunk. Could you? No. Like, I... I figure at that point, like, you would have to drink so much of it that you would be sick of beer. And, yeah. There was a, a, a point in this article. It's like so much for rounding down. Yeah. Like, I, you know, anytime you, you go out and say anything as a corporate entity, there's some ambulance chase and lawyer that's going to be like, aha, I bet that's not accurate. We can go after him. I mean, like, 
why is that not okay? But like calling Budweiser the king of beers is. I'm sitting here thinking what like other products have like trace amounts of alcohol in them and we just don't know. Oh, so much. No. The right way to say that is I wonder how many have trace amounts of alcohol and we don't care. Oh, yeah. See, I don't care about this one either. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but they are actually getting to just point. There is an ambulance chasing lawyer that is suing them because of the 0.03% alcohol. Okay, but like in there. <clears throat> does does a bakery label their bread as 0.0% alcohol, even though there may be some in it? Do they label it as 0.03% alcohol if there might be some alcohol in it? Fermentation happens. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, and that orange juice that's been chilling in the back, in the back <laughs> of your fridge for a little bit, like it might have gone too, but who knows? You're still going to drink it anyway. Better than. Ugh. I did accidentally let orange juice ferment once upon a time. It's pretty rancid. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Not Just even. Just don't once. drink the chunky milk either. That's gross. Oh. 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 oh, oh. Uh, so the BJCP style guidelines have been updated. What are the big changes this year? Oh, man. Okay, so this is not very many big changes. It's a lot of edits. Uh, there are some new style categories, judging categories, but it's mostly like uh, we're going to add like a new spice beer category. We're going to add... Um, Oh, some style moves. Basically, this is this is a really dry read. This is not like entertainment. This is New it, England IPA was renamed Hazy IPA and joins the IPA category. Yeah, I have questions. I do. Why too. was it not already in the IPA category? And why are they calling it Hazy? Because that difference between me, a Hazy and a New England are different. I, I feel like you know, there's Hazy IPAs. Uh, we have one of those, uh, I think, in your glass right now. And then there's thick. IPAs, which is what I would consider most New England's. Yep. If I could chew it like a high pulp, it's like levels of orange juice pulp, right? Yeah. Speaking of your uh, pulp, no pulp, some yep. pulp. Uh, high pulp. Uh, Extra pulp. I don't know why in the hell they decided to add this, but Brute IPA was, was I saw added. That too and that, I went, that, this motherfucker still exists. Uh, Keller beer has gotten broken out. And rewritten, so whereas before, like, Keller Beer was, um, it's now in the historical category, and it's been rewritten to cover Pilsner, Hellas, Amber, and Dark versions of Keller. Um, so that's kind of cool. Grape Ale, which I don't know that much about. Uh, anyway. You mean wine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, tra- the Trappist Ale category has been uh, renamed as Monastic Ale. Um, okay. Basically, I mean, there's a lot of Belgian style things that aren't necessarily Trappist made. So, so, so it's kind of like windows. Uh, they've updated a bunch of shit. You won't know or care about it until you're looking for it and you can't find it. Yes. Got it. That's right. So, you know, if you want to familiarize yourself with the updated, uh, beer judge certification programs, why are uh, you doing me? I'm right. Yep. (laughs) You know, feel free to check the link in our show notes. Otherwise, skip your, it. <laughs> otherwise skip it and your life will just continue on the same way it has. That's right. Uh, I, of course, found this story too. Wells 
generally you like trying to take credit for one of Wells' stories. Yes, I he am. found it. Yeah. You don't get any credit for I it. I know. I've learned this the hard way. There, I already put it in the sheet. <laughs> there has been a machine learning made beer. So basically, uh, these two students in Australia, <clears throat> excuse me, set up a neural network, had it comb about. 200,000 recipes of IPAs. That's a lot. Yeah. And then it learned how to, at least in an AI sense, kick out what it thinks is the perfect recipe for an IPA. Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe? Yep. Or was it, no, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic. No, wait, it's Eldorado, Citra, and Mosaic. No, wait, it's Oh my gosh, shut up. But they've, they have now made this beer, and uh, obviously we're never going to see it because it's being made over in criminal land. Uh, but I would still love to try it. Look at this. And they even have their little picture of them all hanging out. Look at us. We're a couple of average dudes that aren't completely nerds at all. Pay no attention to our little matrix. Yeah. Uh, the, the matrix code uh, right in front of our table. Yeah. We're not nerds. I, I thought this was really cool. Uh, I would be excited to try it, but again, the chances of ever seeing this beer here in the U.S. are slim to know. But maybe some nerd in in the states will decide to do their own neural network. So, so it's like the uh, pizza bot, right? Like they they're working on that you know robot that'll make pizza. Cool, but like that's not always what I'm, you know. Like, if you're going to tell me that you're going to replace all the Domino's workers, like, I understand that from a business prospect. I just, I don't know that I want to buy that pizza. I'm sure it's good. I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't fix it when Domino's uses shit ingredients. But. Right. Exactly. I don't know. It, it could, like, correct. I, and, I, and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here to both of you. I don't go to a brewery for a completely efficient and robotic experience. I, I like the human touch of somebody pouring my beer and me watching them do it and having an interaction. And what do you like? And what's good? What's new? You know, like no, I don't. I, I really like the you know the self pour taps where no, I can don't. just put my mouth underneath it and <sighs> COVID it all up. And I know that's the thing. If you go to like a regular, you know, brewery, it doesn't have that like up close and personal mouth on faucet. Feel feel that I really expect with so much Amelia drinking these days. No, I I mean, go back to to what Jeff was saying. Yes, absolutely. It's, you know, especially some of these places that you frequent, you get to know the people that work there and you get to have conversations that aren't about beer. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite always will be, you know, I order a beer and, you know, the bartender just puts down a little sample glass down of like like but i ordered a whole one and the response is well yeah but i also know what you like and you should try this one first oh yeah thanks you for saving me like six bucks on some complete garbage yeah like that you guys just put on tap but is a bad beer that's whatever i mean that's I mean, I know we've talked a lot about like welcome. I for one welcome our brewing overlords. Yeah. (laughs) Miss me. Speaking of um, automated brewing overlords, uh, 
I, I didn't even know this existed. Now it's closed. Oh, darn. Grand opening, grand closing. Oh. So there's this company called Drinkworks, which went nationwide with its flagship offering in June of 2020. So here it is like a year and a half later, and it's done. Um, it's a joint venture between Keurig, Dr. Pepper. Okay, for starters, didn't realize those two were the same Neither company anymore. I. And Anheuser-Busch. Keurig, that's not Keurig, comma, Dr. Pepper. That is Keurig, Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yep. Are they a thing? Apparently. Uh, apparently. So. Right, you keep talking. I'm going I'm to do some research. Cool. So it's, it's more just pod-based drinks. Um, if you want, uh, I mean, it looks like mostly cocktails. I, I didn't see a whole bunch of, uh, beer. I mean, it's just like pre-mixed cocktails. Yeah. So, this is just pre-made cocktails is all it was. But like, why? And, and honestly, like who uh, is, yeah. who, who is, is your manufacturer for this? Because like, I understand that powdered alcohol is a thing, but I also know that a lot of states have banned it for good point. reasons. So who the heck is buying these little well, Keurig, Keurig coffee makers? Nobody anymore. Or not Keurig coffee makers. Keurig um, cocktail makers. That's just gross. How different is this from the extremely uh, expensive Guinness thing that we talked about a couple shows back where the, the coffee pod is actually just a can of Guinness? Yep. All right, Dr. Pepper Snapple Group was oh. an American multinational soft drink company based in Plano, Texas. And as of July 2018, it's traded as Keurig Dr. Pepper. <laughs> they also own Canada Dry, uh, Mott's Applesauce. Today I learned. Uh, today I also learned that Snapple's still a thing? Well, Yeah. I mean, you got to look for it, but it's out okay. There. I haven't seen Snapple. Of course, Snapple's a thing. I haven't seen Snapple in, in ages. Have you looked for Snapple? No. Then there's your problem. Okay. It's made from the best stuff on earth, though. In pod form. Now in pod form. Oh god. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to talk about uh, a story and a concept? Like, oh, I didn't realize like Keurig and Dr Pepper were getting together, and I didn't realize that. Oh, God. So the Bud Light Seltzer train just keeps on trucking. Chugga, 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 Choo-choo. They missed their moment here. Continue. I've got, a, I've got a better version of this. So now they're doing a sour variety pack of, God, Bud Light Sour Seltzer. Okay, can I admit something? I drink those. Oh, God. I okay. Love, I, what love, are... I love sour things. Sure, but so, this? If they had co-branded with Sour Patch Kids. Oh, God. Oh, God. They would have killed me. I would have immediately ran out to the store and bought those. So not all, so there's going to be a sour variety pack and also a hard soda variety pack. So let's everybody say this real quick. Bud Light Seltzer, Seltzer Hard, hard soda. soda. Coming to your Super Bowl commercials. In a month and a half. Yeah, I can't wait. Let me tell you. And I, I felt like they were already doing the sour one because... No. I well, mean, no, no, no. The reason why is there was some Bud Light Seltzer remix or something. I don't know. They were doing... Yeah, it was like... um, They were like 
lemonade, like heavily fruited or something like that. Is that what it, it's? I just they weren't remember, doing sour. It was just extra fruit flavors. I remember Daryl from The Office being the voiceover, and it's now the loudest flavors ever. Yeah, he also endorses Pizza Slut. So yeah, I mean, he is. He's kind of all over the place now. So I want to know what my favorite flavor is going to be. Uh, do I reach for the Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Orange Soda? Do I reach for the Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Citrus Soda? No, no, no. Definitely Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Classic Cola or Cherry Cola. Okay, cool. Actually, no, I take it back. Yeah, no, well, I mean, maybe it's Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Cherry Cola or Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Classic Cola. I mean, either of those could be a good option for you, even though you probably would end up with Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Orange Soda. Yes. What if you just made a soda suicide? I mean, when you oh, look out. When you walk up, that's where you need one of those uh, port yourself places. Yes. Wells be walking up, be like, uh, give me that BLSHSOS. And they'd be like, the what? You know, the Bulls Josh. The what? The Dude, don't, don't, aren't you in? Aren't you hip? The Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Orange Soda. Come on. Come on, man. And it here I SOS thought the, because uh, I'm in trouble. Bourbon County brand stout BCBS was going to be enough of an acronym for me that's uh, that's some next level stuff Josh. thank you jeff thank yeah, you yeah i mean real talk if like you need you need to like i need help your... because i would fucking buy those you're you need to quit rubbing your crotch while you're looking at this picture move on to something else <laughs> at least get the picture off the screen josh is trying to get the taste conversation flowing <sighs> he's trying to get something flowing if you know what i mean uh, so in classic good beer hunting ah, this is I, I i saw this uh this uh headline Immediately thought of Wells because we hadn't talked about it yet this year. So yes, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that that commercial. Uh, and let me actually talk about the commercial that we're talking about. It's the Corona Christmas commercial where you see the palm trees and then you see the light kick on and there you go. One of the palm trees gets lit up like a Christmas tree, palm tree kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't I, realize that ad was thirty years old. I had no idea it was thirty years old either. Uh, but. The more I thought about it, the more I would be a little bit more like I just couldn't remember a time before it. Right. Which makes sense because you're 32. I am not 32. (laughs) You're 32. (sighs) Uh, I also didn't realize that where they shot this in Mexico is like alligator country. And the alligators kept trying to run up to where they had set up the camera. And the poor cameraman was terrified. He took my hand, but I took that bastard's eye. <laughs> God. Uh, th- so uh, this is one of those things where I do, if you're interested in that commercial, again, it's a good beer hunting article, so you know it's quite wordy. Uh, it is worth the read, though. Does it talk at all about the aspect ratio change? Because I feel like Wells was upset about that a year or so ago, where it was still like the old standard definition. Yeah, four by three letterbox. Yeah. And then but now, sh- but now it's all like revamped and in HD and in sixteen by nine. Yeah. Yeah. Did they did they reshoot it or did they just uh, remaster it? They remastered. Remastered nice. it. Excellent. Yeah, it's still same damn. Like how crazy is for- that? This many years later, they still have the the, the, the original, original footage. Film. They could just remaster it. Yeah, that was kind of cool to actually see that. I was. Like, I mean, you know, what? forget the four K remaster of like Ghostbusters, man. What you really want is the four K remaster of your Feliz Navidad Corona commercial, right? Like this is, I feel like this fits into one of those like, like um, things you're secretly embarrassed to enjoy, 
you know, like there's nothing wrong with a commercial, but it's like it's a Corona commercial, you right. know, like, but we all still are like, you know, that's, that's nostalgia. That's, yeah, that's tradition. Like, I, you know, it is a Corona commercial, but at the same time, like it's beauty and simplicity yep. and doesn't matter like who is making it. If it's good advertising, it's good advertising. That's right. You know, we talked about Super Bowl coming up and the, the seltzers getting their own blah, blah, blah. Like Budweiser never runs the same commercial for long. Yep. They don't keep the same beer around for long either. Oh, yeah, that's what's side of the point. But like most ad agencies will not recycle ads. Geico did that a couple years ago. This one has stood the test of time. Um, Wabab. Yeah. Or dilly dilly. Oh, God. Dude, I will punch you in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, dilly no, you dilly. Know better than that. I'm going to bring up that picture of that sour Bud Light seltzer. Give you about five <laughs> minutes and then I'm going to punch you in the nuts. <laughs> Yeah, Dilly Dilly belongs in the trash heap of advertising, but still, so those... was up. Hey, no, now. come on. No. That's... No. That was great. But Budweiser ads in the 90s hit different, and I, I just... I don't think that's just my old age talking to me. I really think that it was better. Ha, 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 funny. Old I know. Age. I'm going to be 40 this gonna year. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, he's he's getting old, dude. Uh, old he's man, get, he's getting up there. All right, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute. I remember my first beard too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Shit. Uh, we can't take me anywhere. Uh, so this was a kind of a sad article talking about. Oh, so many articles <laughs> that we talk about on the show are sad. Craft beer bars are closing. When we need them the most, but then it got me thinking as I was reading this, uh, do we, do we? Yeah. Are they? Well, I mean, okay. So like, I, I know this article, so this article is about the falling rock tap house, which we've talked about before yes. um, in Colorado and Denver. Um, it's a, it's been a mainstay for forever. It was an institution. Yeah. So like that sucks that this one is shutting down, but like the, Sky is falling byline on, not byline, the uh, the lead. No, help me out, journalism man. Whatever. They're closing when we need them the most. You like, mean the headline? Yeah, thank you. Okay. How many, are, are we really losing that many? Like, Because I'm thinking about, like, or just around us, has there been a, uh, a craft beer bar that's closed? Duckworth's on Park Road. The uh, Ayersley's Carolina Beer Temple. Yeah. So there's two in the span of, what, five years? Taco Mac. Yeah, I was about to South say Park Taco closed. Mac. Does well, Taco hell, Mac, all of them did. Does Taco Mac count as a craft beer bar? That was another question that's, that I that's wanted debatable. to ask. debatable. It's a beer bar, but like... Okay, so... A I, big chain, I don't know that I would necessarily consider that. Something local, CBG, real, Ducks. Real question. Mm-hmm. Would you consider... Either of you consider Duckworth a craft beer bar or is it a restaurant? Yes. It's 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 a or the craft li- beer. And I know the Liberty is no longer around, but what about the Liberty? Would you consider that a craft beer bar or is that a restaurant? That was a restaurant to me because that also had one of the best craft beer selections in Charlotte. I absolutely did. But do we? It, it, the, to the best of my knowledge, maybe we don't actually have a craft beer. Box. I don't think well, we do. Maybe flying, um, I mean flying saucer, the seaboard fit into that. I mean, like I know they well, have their I mean, own beer, but yeah, but that's got, the thing. They're more of a brewery now. Yeah, they're they're okay. guest I haven't been there thing. in a number of years, so that's fair. Well, well flying saucer though, again, bar or restaurant. 
So it's a bar that serves food. Like, I mean, look, I'm not going the flying saucer personally for their food. Okay. Of course, I'm also not really going there these days anyway. Yeah. yeah. And hey, it was a fun place when you first got it was. into beer. And I think to the point of this article, you have places that have a little bit more of a curated tap list experience, like your Duckworths, like your Tacomax, like your Flying Saucers, that really pride themselves or at the time for when I needed them in my beer education experience, like I, I would go to these places. Hey, what's good, right? Like what, what's hot, what's new, what's whatever. And I could go there and I could learn something. I could be, I could experience things that, you know, I wouldn't find on the, the shelf of my regular grocery store or heck maybe even my regular um, bottle shop. Um, so this was a really good spot for me to go in and get exposed to like 60 different tap lines that have a little bit of thought put in them and not just like blue moon, bud light, whatever. Um, right. Now I've grown personally past that. Um, you know, once I started beer repping, uh, I don't need a, a beer bar anymore to tell me kind of what's good. I, you know, was doing this for a living and even, you know, more so now, you know, we, we travel, we, you know, we do this podcast. Yeah. Um, I've been exposed to so many thousands of different beers that I Is don't, that I don't, I'm not interested in going to these places anymore. I think so. We, okay. we have moved past it, but because, like, I, that, that's honestly where my, my whole thought process about this conversation came from was I don't consider Duckworth a beer bar. It's a restaurant that just happens to have some fairly good taps. But back when Duckworth saucer, but back when like Duckworth was special to me um, and anybody that went there, you know, the park road location when it was in the basement can Mm -hmm. especially say like they had like 14 taps and every single one of them was a winner. Um, Well, and and Jeff, I know you could probably remember this too, because it was fairly close to the office. So, We'd have, you know, people from out of town come into town, and both Jeff and I were hardcore getting into beer at that point. We'd drag them over there. Yep. Like, because I, I know what's going to be yep. there. I yep. know it's going to be a good food, and I know the taps are, are going to have a good representation of what I want to try to educate you on it's, in beer. It's super difficult to find a place that caters to what I like, but what is also accessible. Right. Um, I would love, to, to that point, I would drag people to Duckworth. Pizza Peel is another great spot. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, good point. Good tap list, great food. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's a handful of spots like that around town. We used to go to the Ventnor all the damn time. Yep. Um, you know, and you could, like I had several people that worked for me. We would go out and, and have drinks and I'd be like, try this. You know, and they're like, I don't like beer. And I'm like, just try it. Why does it smell funny? And lo and behold, they smell this right. They, they turn into, you know, big fans of the style or right. craft beer. And then they start getting, you know, kind of picky about what they drink. And, you know, like it's it's neat to see. So I guess let's pretend that a all of a sudden tomorrow we wake up a Tornado or a Monk's Cafe all of a sudden is just here and it's been open for 20 years. Would you go? Oh, good lord! If a monk's cafe was open here, I 
But then how I don't that... understand the question. Why would I not? Why would I not? Yeah. How is that different than Duckworth? Because it's not. It's the only reason it's different is because Duckworth's places like that lost their emphasis on being beer first and also serve food. Whereas Monk's Cafe, I have no idea what their food list looks like. I just know that I could buy 30 year old goose on site and it would cost me a pretty penny, but I could buy 30 year old goose. Damn. So, so the difference for me is that with a, a place like Tornado, a place like Monk's, I have faith and, and this is going to sound like I'm dragging the local spots and I kind of am to a small degree, but I have faith that they have the clientele and the foot traffic to burn through the kegs that they get. Yeah. There have been okay. a non-zero number of times that I have been at the local spots that we have discussed and had something that should be moderately fresh and it isn't. And it's super disappointing and that's so so you ask why it's different that's why it's different for me okay because at some point i still in my heart of hearts having gone to and i can't remember the name of the place that we went to in in portland but it was like a tornado mm. and it was very much a you know we're assholes but we don't care we like good beer we have good beer we have high standards you know deal with it or get out and we will laugh you out the door if you ask for some you know bush light mick ultra bullshit I mean, and, and I guess another point to make about going to a place like, and part of it too is sadly just my own not having a chance to go to some a place like Monk's Cafe or a Tornado, and most of my experience has been flying saucers or duck wars. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm traveling for work, which I don't thankfully really do anymore, uh, having a flying saucer in that city is great because... Yeah. There's all of these things that I've never heard of, and I don't have to go to 500 different places to try to get there. It's yeah. I can just go to this this place and go. Okay, cool. You okay over there? Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. Did your jimmies get rustled? Yeah, my jimmies just got rustled. <laughs> That's this one. That's that one. Okay. I think this is the last. This the one that was. Okay, okay moving anyway, on. So, so, so yeah, back to to what I was saying. Those places again, they have their merit. I guess maybe I'm just beyond them. And I don't so, know if, if I need to go to some of these more well-known ones like Amongst Cafe or Tornado to get me interested again. So, so maybe here's the rub, right? It's kind of like in the early days, the Hard Rock Cafe and or Planet Hollywood was a neat concept. Mm-hmm. You know, like here's a bunch of collectibles and memorabilia and it's a real neat kind of like place that you could go and it's kind of different and then they went worldwide and now suddenly Mr. it's worldwide now yeah thank you mr pipple yeah well, now it's less about what you want and more about them making profits and that that makes it difficult when the quality of what i'm consuming is secondary to them making money like it it kind of sucks. I recognize that's part of the capitalistic endeavor. They want to make money. They can't stay open if they're not making money. I don't right. have a problem with them making money, but I go to a Duckworth and I look at their list and I skim through it and I look at it as a bunch of things I'm not willing to take a chance on, a bunch of stuff that I know is probably woefully out of date, stuff that's been there since I came in six months ago, 
And I look at it and go, mm, water. Just sad. It is. Water or the thing that you know that just came out. Diet Coke. <laughs> I need to try it first. Um, but that's the thing. Like I've, I've moved past beer bars for the most part, but that's also just because a lot of the beer bars that are adjacent to me have lost their way a little bit. Like, so is become, that maybe what it is too, is that some of these places have kind of lost their way and it's not about the beer anymore. Yeah. Or close. Okay. And that's also why I love places like salute yeah. that any place that has a more curated tap experience, like, Oh yeah, we may do food, but look, we are here for the beer. Yeah. Um, right. So, so, uh, to go to your point, I pulled up the monk's cafe menu. Um, it's just basic bar food, to be honest. Uh-huh. I mean, they've got some crazy shit on here. Like, they do have a chicken liver mousse. Shit. Sure. Okay. But most of it is, like, chicken fingers or cheese plates. Tendies, baby. Tendies. Salads. You know, just basic yep. shit. So, it's not really about the food. It's about the beer. Yeah, I can't say I even knew that Monk's Cafe served food. Yeah. Of course, I only went there once, but... Like, I'm glad they do, because I feel like that's the kind of place that I would get in trouble without some kind of job. I I was just struggling not to order a bottle of Goose that was from my birth year, and it was going to cost me like $400 a bottle, but... It's that much for an 18-year-old bottle of beer? Wow, wow. I don't know. Well, so what'll be interesting is, you know, so we talk about that, and, like, for me, regionally, close to my home... Grant, our buddy from the old days at the Vintner when we used to hang out there a lot, mm-hmm. his new place is opening at some point soon. Yeah. Um, he was posting pictures just a day or so ago. They're working on the bathroom. Like, it's all coming together. You know, maybe January's the day, but I'm, I'm hopeful we can get out there and take a look at it. Like, places like what... I haven't been to the Vintner in years. But back in the day, we used to go there, and he had food, which was great. But, like, the wine and the beer was kind of the centerpiece. Yep. You know, but in order to pull that off, you need somebody that knows what to buy. And it it's this tough equation of buying the kind of beer that is going to sell to the people who are buying the most beer while also having at least something that can stay on tap for a little while for those of us who don't necessarily want to go and have another Pilsner or another, you know, right. Hazy IPA. Or if it's a Pilsner, it's gotta be like something a little bit more unique. Uh, if it's going to be hazy, I don't want like a regular, I want like maybe a collaboration with the brewery from, you know, out of town. Like that's you know, just now popping up on my radar. There are so many, um, to me, like what made a craft beer bar like special and not just like a restaurant with an awesome tap list is intent, uh, to, to have a curated experience. And, you know, Jeff, eventually people just started focusing too much on the general public and not enough on being content to just be a niche. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here and we're talking about all this and how there really just aren't any good spots. And I'm sitting there like a dumbass. Kits. Yeah. Kits is amazing. Kits is amazing. He he curates a good list 
that is accessible to everyone. And it's not like it's 800 taps. It's not. It's what, not the like Charlotte Beer Garden or whatever. Is that? Know. It's still a thing. Yeah. To my to my knowledge, it is. I don't. I've, I have, I have I've yet to go. Never, I've, I've never, never been. I've never once heard a single person tell me about it. So there's I even know if it still exists. There's something that absolutely grosses me out about a place with a 300 plus yeah. tap lineup. Yeah. Because I don't care if you're buying everything in Sixtals. Is it going to be fresh? 300 taps. Yeah, some of that shit old. Yeah, and mm-hmm. some some of that shit old, and it can be old. Fine. Some of that shit old and it can't. And yeah. Ooh, gross. And, and maybe that's what it just boils at the end of the day. Maybe it boils down to those places aren't for me anymore. And I have moved on past them because I was, like I said, I was sitting there reading that article going, I cannot tell you the last time I've been to a Duckworth. But we're also like not the general public. Like right. the general public yeah. isn't doing a. <laughs> A Seriously. craft beer podcast. Like Josh is trying to make this like dramatic point about, so oh, I've never been to a, I haven't been to Duckworth in forever. You haven't been anywhere in forever. I have to. You have not. I You've di- not. All right. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Well, final story. What the fuck is Mott the Lesser? Whoa. Hold up. What the fuck is Mott the Lesser? Yeah. Do you mean what the fuck is Kate the Great? Oh. So, um, Todd Mott is a brewer. He has come up with one of the absolute best recipes for an imperial stout that has ever existed. Um, He went to go work for the Portsmouth Beer Company. Uh, While he was there, they made his recipe, Kate the Great. I've had a chance to have that beer one time. It was past its prime, and it still absolutely rocked me to my core. Now... Uh, Todd Mott has since left the Portsmouth Brewing Company. And for the last several years, he has been um, brewing for his own, uh, brewing on his own. Uh, He's running a brewery called Tributary Brewery in Kittery, Maine. And uh, he still has rights to the Kate the Great recipe. Because he had, he went into Portsmouth with that recipe already in his pocket. Sure. So he could leave with it. He just couldn't keep the name. Sure. Anyway. Oh, oh darn. So We're you're, not you're asking, what the heck is Mott the Lesser? And I'm like, well, it is freaking Kate the Great under a different name. So here is what I want, because this beer is not that hard to find. It's available two times a year. Um, if you are in the main area and you listen to us and you can get your hands on some tributary, um, please let us know. I'd love to try just any of their beer, but if you can especially come up with a bottle of Mott the Lesser, uh, you can find me on Twitter at all the wells or the show at CBcast or contact at craftbeercast.com. So what it, I, I I'm just I'm playing. It is the proto imperial stout. Okay, I, I was playing dumb just in case people don't know because Kate yes. the Great has quite a lot to do it. That's the it, it is just one of the best imperial stouts to be brewed. Adjuncts doesn't need them. Barrel aging nah I'm good. It's just it's just an imperial stout. Hops malt water yeast and it's great. It's wonderful and 
there's a reason that I was searching for it for 10 years. And once I found it five years ago, I, I want more. Yeah. So would love to try some more Mott the Lesser. Um, if you guys really want to you know, read this article and just, it's a lot of craft beer history and lore and it, yeah, it was a cool read. It's just from one of the, yeah, it's a cool read, I, but you didn't know. Anyway. No, uh, I knew I was yeah. trying to get you to talk jackass. I know. Oh yeah. I've, I'll, I'll talk about that beer. I would love to have it again. I would love to have it on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, I even if, saw if, your post on the subreddit. Like, Hey, Hey, can you, Hey, Hey, can, can hey, anybody get listen. us this beer? Hey, listen. Or, or you know, if you want to go on our subreddit, uh, uh, r slash craft beer cast. Um, I've got a thread going there. I would love to get a trade, please. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's funny when you posted this article, I immediately read it and went, "Well, no fucking way." It's just been out there for this long and nobody really knew that this was just Kate the Great? Well, no. People people that knew knew. Knew. Gotcha. And people like me learned and then forgot about it and then saw this article and, and I'm like, then, oh then yeah, that's again. right. I love that beer. Like, we've talked so much about bucket list beers on the show and yes. I know the one that, you know, the a big check for us was having plenty of the younger bottles yep. on. And I know that we are also, I mean, I'm not, but y'all are uh, looking for Utopius. Oh, my name is oh I know. Utopius is really good, but you know what? I'd really love more than a bottle of Utopius is a yes. bottle of Malt the Lesser. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say, I want Utopius more than a kick in the nuts. But yeah, that's all. If cool. if anybody can make this happen for us, we'd appreciate it. Right on. We ready for break? Oh yeah. We'll be back in 30. Jeff, how does that work? Uh, we're going to talk about the beer that we've been drinking throughout the show. I know, that's a big shock. He says in his re- best Ryan Reynolds voice. We drink beer on the show? They've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, so we've been drinking through the show. We're going to talk about the beer that we've been having. And uh, whether we would buy it or not buy it, real straightforward and easy. Uh, up first for tonight, uh, Reverend's going back to Indiana. I brought back some, uh, brought back a suitcase of the mixed uh, Heroes IPA pack from Revolution. Uh, a pack that I always like to get, especially if it's fresh. Yeah. Um, you know, being there uh, at the time, uh, this particular pack was like six weeks old. And I was like, I am definitely grabbing that. Uh, we're going to have these on the show. So uh, and then I got it home and I looked at it. I'm like, oh, cool. This will be fun. Uh, so the first beer up is the Subs Hero. Like it's always like some kind of hero. This is Subs Hero. Yes. Um, and the little tag on this is an uppercut of hops and a crisp finish. Uh, so this is one of those uh, cold IPAs. You mean an IPL? Yeah. But I would argue that, yeah, it's an IPL. 
I was going to like try to make some big statement about how it has more hops in it. So it's like stronger. It's like a, like an IPA hop level of an IPA. It's an IPL. Um, that being said, I, I do, I do like this one. Uh, I sat in and polished off a whole can of this and enjoyed it. Um, so this one's a buy for me. Well, it's crisp. It's super clean. It's very aggressively hop forward, but there's something to it that I can't quite put my finger on that I'm just going to be forced to no buy on. Fatality. Um, I, well, not a fatality. It's just like a, it, I don't know. Like there's just a, a little rub to it that I can't quite get over. So I'm going to have to no buy it. Josh. Uh, I, <clears throat> so spoiler, I actually had these last night. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. For, oh, you're welcome. Happy birthday. Yes. Uh, Jeff always brings back at least two or three of these in some form uh, for my birthday in my little birthday mixer that he brings. And I like this one quite a bit. And I was happy that we were going to get to do these again tonight because I was like, I just had these yesterday. Yeah. And they were damn good. Yeah. They were really damn good. Yeah. So, yeah, absolute buy. Next one up. Uh, next one up is the Cryo Hero. Howling with glacial hop intensity. These are all like snow themed. Uh, Josh loves the art on these. Uh, yes. He has several of the cans uh, stashed on his little can wall. Um, this is a hazy IPA. And I actually just had my last can of this yesterday as well. Today's Monday. Yes. Yes. And if I could, like, my, my one big takeaway from this beer, uh, well, you know, so it, it is hazy. And it is what I would consider a hazy IPA, not a New England IPA, right? Like, it doesn't feel like I can chew it. I yeah, don't need a form it's not a thick boy. Meanwhile, like, this as a full pour drinks super easy. Like, remarkably scary. Can easy. confirm. Um, you know, and, and it's not, I mean, it's a 7.3% 12-ounce can. But still, like, I absolutely destroyed this can without even realizing it. Just sitting on, on the couch watch a little TV and I'm sipping and I'm sipping. I'm like, where'd my beer go? Yeah. It all gone. Um, I like this, I, this one. I really wanted to like the sub zero the most just based on the name, but, uh, I really love this cryo. Wow. This is my favorite of the box. Nice. Well, man, I mean, I don't have any basis for comparison for the rest of the box, but this one was, you've had one of them. Well, the sure. Zero. But you were like, Oh, this is the best of the box. I'm like, you had you literally had so it's just three in the box. Well, there the other, the fourth one is antihero, which we've had on the show oh, numerous okay. times. So it's like you know, okay, fun. Uh, then I guess this one was my favorite in the box too because, damn, seven point three percent. It is, it is a smooth sipping beer. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm, that's that's in this glass. Gotcha. Um, it's a, it's a smooth sipper. Uh, this is really good. It doesn't linger too long. Um. Everything's in its right place. This was a really tasty beverage, and I'm a big buy on this. Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this was the the darling of the show yesterday. Out of out of these three, uh, I saved it for last because I knew I'd probably like it the most after looking at all of those cans, and I was absolutely right. Big, huge buy on this yeah. one. Next beer up. Uh, next beer up uh, is the Zenith Hero, which I guess has Sultana hops. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to like this one. I can't. I just, um, the hops aren't, I'm not, not jamming, not vibing, as the kids would say. No vibes. Um, is that Melanie? Is that what I'm getting? Is it like Melanie kind of almost? 
Like a honeydew kind of. Yeah. See, I don't like melon. So that explains it. Yeah, this is not. I don't care for these hops. So for that reason, I'm out. No out. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I'm right there with you. Uh, there's just a little something to this. I mean, I, I got some honeydew characteristics uh, from it. It is otherwise super clean. There's not an ounce of drop of haze in this. But there's just not enough to keep me coming back. As the turd in the box, it's not bad. That's but t- I'm not buying it's it. It's tasty turd, yeah. but it's still a turd. Well, PBR would be happy with you. Mm. Good thing I'm not doing dry January. Otherwise, I'd be eating ass right now. Ugh. Ugh. Josh. Uh, so, again, going through these three yesterday, this was kind of the dog of the, of the three, so to speak. Uh, especially after having some uh, King Sue, like uh, I shouldn't have started with those, to be honest. But which one did you have above them? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how good that beer is. It's a fun beer. It, like I hate that style, but I love that beer. Yeah. Uh, this one still, though, even despite all of that and the meloniness, and it does have this weird. Little note to it. It still wasn't bad. And if this is the turd in the box, I mean, come on. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. But yeah, I still wouldn't buy it. Next beer up. Uh, next beer up. Um, switching gears completely. Yes. From IPAs. We're getting into the heavy stouts, bro. Um, Prairie. Someone who we have not had on the show in a hot minute. Uh, this is their double vanilla noir. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, barrel-aged stout with Madagascar vanilla and Tahitian vanilla. Uh, so, quick side story about that beer really quick. Wells and I are both at CBT, and we both look at this and go, what? I have never uh? heard of this beer. Ever. Like the Noir series, we've had several. Yes. But I've never seen a double anything Noir. Nope. Vanilla Noir, I think Pirate Noir was another one. Like, yep. We've had, yeah. Coffee yep. Noir. We've had, oh, yep. We've had quite a few of the Noir series, and I think both of our antennas stuck up when we saw this. Like, yes, please. Yeah. Which I think the double vanilla just means there's two types of vanilla in it. I don't know if they got any extra, like, treatments of it or whatnot. Um, It's a Noir Prairie beer. You can't go wrong with this. I imagine that it was not cheap for a 12-ounce bottle. But I wouldn't expect it to be. No. Um, especially the Noir series. These are not um, buy a case to put in your fridge and, you know, do a couple of like these are these are treat yourself beers. Yes. You get one every once in a while as a treat um, like cats and salami. This one's good. I'd buy it. Wells. Too much vanilla is a thing. And we had the. Coco Coco Naughty Naughty on the previous show where I'm like, man, you guys like absolutely nailed that one. This one, like you get a little, I'm getting a little too much vanilla to the point that it's bitter. Um, And it, it turns in a little bit of a slog for me. I like it, but I don't love it. And I also have like other feelings about Prairie outside of this that I think they, they're, they're, magic has worn off a little bit because they seem they're to not just, who they used to be no they aren't uh, and the they in, keep trying to pretend that they are and the innovation just to, whatever all all that stuff aside i think this has just like a touch too much vanilla for me and for that i can't believe it but i'm gonna have to know by it josh your thoughts 
wow, I'm really glad that you let me drink mine and you donated this one because I loved this beer. Good. I l- absolutely still love it. This was another one that I drank last night. And this thing drank like a dream. It doesn't have fake vanilla in it, which I think we all can scream and holler about is how much we hate that in a beer. Uh, this was worth every single penny. And yes, Jeff, you were right. This was an expensive bottle. This was a definite treat yourself bottle. It's prairie. They always hold themselves up to this high dollar value. Yeah. And, you know, some of that's because of their uh, distribution agreements, or at least the way it used to be. Are great. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolute buy. Uh, Jeff, next beer up. All right. Uh, thanks to Clueless for hooking us up. Uh, and I mean, you know, we, I think I shouldn't say we. Wells paid for these. But um, for for uh, uh, logisticizing some Calusa beer, this is barely. Thanks, thanks for muling. Yes, there we go. Barrel aged, sworn to the dark. Uh, Russian Imperial Stout, bourbon barrels, blah, blah, blah. Um, I kind of feel like this one probably should have gone before the noir no um, i think you got it the right order it's thinner but it's better it's punchier yeah yeah it definitely has like where noir has a lot of like smooth velvet cushiness to it this has got a little more like this is a russian imperial stout it is there it's going to slap you in the face and if you die you die uh but it's real damn good uh i really like this one big bye well, it it burns a little bit. Definitely gets your attention. Is it elfish um, food? What's that? Is it elfish food? Oh God! <laughs> or elvish rope? Yes. Um, no, you're right. It is a little on the thin side. Um, it's not thin. It's thinner. Thin, thinner, yeah. But I encourage you. Thinner. But but man, it's um. It's an imperial stout that just gets your attention right away. Um, sorry, I got distracted yeah, by a dog I, I, making yeah, noise. I think we all did. Um, Dog's trying to yak on the floor. 12.5%. Yeah. It does not let you forget that it's 125 This definitely has a bit more of an alcohol burn. Um, but I, I don't know. I like this one. Enough for at least for a buy. Josh, your thoughts. Uh, can you vamp for a second? I mean, I can. I suppose just, so. I mean, that's not really what we're into. But I'm I mean, just like, going to be doing it kind of poorly. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, so what? let's let's, talk, let's include this credit. Yeah. You know, so we often say on the show, like, hey, if you're in a market and you've got access to beer and you think we should have it on the show, you should do that. Uh, Clueless, Chuck, Scott, uh, the other Scott, you know, these are folks that will reach out to us and say, like, hey, um, I'm going to be in X area. I have access to this beer. Are you interested? And, you know, like we don't hesitate buying if that's what we're into um, or doing a trade. if That's what you'd rather. Uh, these are great things. Yeah. And this is a case of that. Josh, what do you think about this beer? Uh, anytime that we get Calusa stuff, either sent or bought, I'm always excited. Yeah. Uh, that is one of those breweries that you don't expect, I guess, you, at first you did not expect them to be what they were. Right. And holy shit, do they knock it out of the park almost every single time. Uh, I can think of the very few beers from them that I actually do not like. This is fantastic. It nope. is a little thin. Um, I, but but again, it's not thin. It's thinner. It is yeah. still a, like, on its own, it is what I would expect an Imperial Stout to be. Yes. 
Um, it just isn't like these pastry stouts where, you know, it gets like jammed up in your teeth. Which I don't want. And yeah, this is a big absolute buy. Thanks, Wells, for uh, providing the sample for this. And again, thanks, Clueless, for muling. Appreciate it. Uh, Jeff, final beer up. Uh, final beer up from Wells's. Uh, was this your DC trip, your Maryland trip? I don't know one of your trips. Yeah, my DC trip. Um, he got a bottle from the other half. This is their bourbon barrel aged, all first anniversary everything. What all is in this, Jeff? Besides well, I'm glad you asked. Everything. It's an imperial stout aged for a year in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, vanilla, and cacao nibs. It is a, a whopping like 16%. It is not a small beer. Mm-mm. It is um it is thick and chocolatey and sweet. That's that's my takeaway on this. It has coconut in it, but so did the Coco Coco Not Not from last episode, which I felt like actually delivered coconut flavor. This is just sweet. It's overstaying its welcome. I think it's giving me gas. Like I'm just not I'm not loving this. <laughs> It's like, look, you know, if you see this at a bottle share, try it so that you can try it. Um, man, this is really like, this is really sweet. I'm a, no, buy. Wells? It is asking a lot. Um, and it's a bit uh, punchy at 16%. You, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. This is not like that coconutty you know, creeping in at 14 and a half percent. Um, you, you know, this is a, a big boy. Um, it is a lot. It is pretty sweet. Um, at least it's not overly adjuncted. It's just, I mean, the base beer itself just kind of hurts, but it, I feel like coconut's one of those things that in theory, I love the idea of having coconut in my beer because I like coconut. But when all I get out of the coconut adjunct is sweetness, then I'm not really getting coconut. I'm just getting sugar. So this has coconut sugar and pain in it. Uh, I mean, that said, I'm going to buy it. I like it. But damn, if you could not ask me to to drink an entire bottle of this by myself, but um, I'll buy one and split it. Josh, what are your thoughts? Hurt me more, Daddy. I bet this is this is delicious. Uh, it it is adjuncted as it is. It all works out. It's not overly too much of anything. Which what's oh, too? Here's the thing. It's not too much adjunct. It's too much beer. Uh, I, well, I don't care. Hurt me, Daddy. No, this is that, fucking delicious. I'm with you though. This is amazing. And yeah, it lets you know it's a 16% dude. It, 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 it's it got the, the chest burn. It's pronounced, but damn, this is good. Jeff, it's time for I tap that. How does that work? What's our favorite beer? What's our best in show? What's the beer that we would like to have an entire keg of uh, and drink an entire keg of? <laughs> um, I love how you keep coming back to that. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Um you know, for me, that, that Calusa uh, barrel-aged stout was really good. But um, I'm going to have to give it to the Cryo Hero. Uh, I, like, again, 
hazy IPA isn't normally my jam, but I no. drank this shockingly fast and loved every bit of it. Like, like there's those times where you're just really thirsty and you drink something fast. There are those times where you kind of absentmindedly are just like, you know, snacking and drinking and like whatever. Right. I, like, I just actually enjoyed it that much. I was taking like big gulps of it and just loving the hell out of it. Um, Cryo Hero, a hazy IPA. Who knew? What is the world coming to? I know. Wells? If I had a keg of other halves, all first anniversary, everything on top of my house, I have a feeling I would kick that keg just after that location closed down. It would take me for fucking ever. Jeff, I am 100% with you. It's got to be that cryo hero. That was the hero of that trilogy i know I'm not, I'm not i'm not even like working for this shit anymore um super smooth super easy drinking um very approachable super tasty um damn that was the best of the bunch and that was the best of the litter josh yeah actually crap hero wins believe it or not um that double vanilla though oof but it would also take me a fucking lifetime to get through a keg of it. Same with that other half. Like, I couldn't reasonably drink that in any normal amount of time. Y'all make fun of me for taking a year to get through a quarter barrel of Big Bad Baptist. Like, yeah, you it's get a fucking quarter, quarter barrel. It is a quarter barrel. Yeah, that's, that's a big ploy. Uh, I could not imagine having a quarter barrel of that other half. It'd probably sit for two and a half, three years before I could get through it. And then the other half would be... Yeah. Uh, this is definitely one of those bottles that deserves to be in a bottle, not in a cake. Yeah. Meanwhile... And, and it's not even like... It's not a bobber. It's yeah. a bobber. Meanwhile, that cryo is one of those, hey, you've heard about this hazy thing? Do you want to get into it? Here's a great example of that beer. So, Reminds me of, in, in that regard, like the big little thing from Sierra Nevada. Like, yeah. Yep. Is, is it the best that I've ever had? No. no. Is it super freaking good, though, and, yeah. and approachable for anybody you could recommend it to? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah, we're at the end of the show. Where are we at? Come find us on the interwebs. Go to craftbeercast.com. Find links to our old episodes. You can see some of the old beers that we've had. Uh, we've got a link to our tasting list, which uh, every so often I update the public tasting list with the stuff that we've been drinking privately. We're trying to keep some of that stuff a secret. A secret. But uh, you can see all the stuff that we've had and what are, you know the ones that we bought and didn't buy and uh, tapped and, and everything like that. So it's good times. Uh, come check us out. In the meantime, uh, if you want to work out a trade for beers, slide into Josh's DMs at CBCast on the Twitters, Craft Beer Cast, CBCast. Wells, where can they find you? Oh, on the Twitters and the Instagrams at all the Wells. I mean, I'm down for trading beer too. Yes, you are. I am. Thanks. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where are you besides Fine. right there? You can follow me on Twitter at JoshCBC. Don't forget to rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Don't forget to tell a friend, tell somebody. Uh, we've existed for seven years and 400 some odd episodes, and we keep on a trucking. Uh, don't forget about our don't forget about our subreddit slash r slash craft beer cast. We will talk to you guys next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>